You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Welcome back to another episode. What are we talking about today? Today I'm interviewing Chloe Miller and she is really, really fun to talk to. We're talking about a lot of different things. We're talking about attachment styles, relationship attachment styles, the way that you feel attached to someone. You'll know what we're talking about soon. We talk about what is this idea of hot girl summer? Have you guys heard of this? It's all over. It's been around for a couple of years now. It's like the phase of a woman where she just wants to be single and hook up with guys. Maybe there's some other things around that. We'll be talking about that today. And also, we're going to be actually diving into Chloe's Hinge profile. So we're going to be actually looking at it. Of course, you can't see it, but I'll be describing it and talking about what she's putting on her profile and kind of talk about her experience with online dating. So we tackle it all, and it's a great conversation, and I'm excited for you to hear it now. Summer is here. If you are listening to this in real time, and that means that you're probably going to want to go out there and learn how to meet more women because they're out there and it's easier to approach women when it's a little bit warmer out, right? I would think so. It definitely is. So if you need help with this, don't forget that you can go to Coached by Trip and you can work with me and you and I can work together in getting you out there approaching more women, also getting you the online dating profile that is going to get more matches and also women who are going to want to actually go on a date with you. So it's not just a bunch of matches that go nowhere. Yes, there is a way to do this, and I will help you through it all. So if you need one-on-one coaching, working with me personally, I can't wait to work with you if you feel that you need the help and this is something that you want to make big changes in your life for. So go to coachedbytrip.com. We'll put a link in the show notes, and you can apply today. I cannot wait at the chance to work with you. In the meantime, let's go over to my interview with Chloe Miller, talking about attachment styles and more. Hey, Chloe, how's it going today? Hi, I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad that we made this happen. You are uh, another guest of mine who I'm having on the podcast where we met through the wonderful app of Clubhouse. Have you made some good connections there while you've been doing it? I know you said you haven't been doing it for a while, though. Clubhouse is amazing. I think the opportunity to connect with people all across the world has been really exciting, but really connecting with people on an honest, authentic level has been so rewarding. So yeah, I think it's been a really added bonus in this time of COVID. Yeah, 100%, 100%. It's been interesting and just really fun connecting with people who I never would have heard of, such as yourself. Like maybe I wouldn't have found you on any other social media platform, but here we are. Absolutely. And it's cool to be talking to you today. So tell us about who you help and how you got into what you do. Because of course, we are very unique people with unique jobs and not a lot of people do it. So I feel like everyone has an interesting story to tell. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am the founder and CEO of an online dating consultancy called Answipe Right, where I focus on teaching people how to date online successfully. There's a lot of techniques that we all know through interpersonal dating, but they don't translate directly to the online dating world. So I help teach people how to tweak those to be successful when they do online dating, whether it's through a platform or if it's through a website, like there's a bunch of different opportunities to to make sure that you're using this as a tool that's going to be successful for your dating goals. Got it. Very cool. Who who do you help more, men or women, you think? Um, I help both, but primarily I think I've been working a lot with men lately. 
Yeah. Why do you think that is? Any reason? I think they are the ones that don't have the much, as much of a crowd to reach out to for support around like what works and what doesn't. And I think also a lot of the people that they are reaching out to when they are reaching out, like their friends who are women, may not necessarily be giving them like accurate advice as far as like, this is the brutal honest truth of like, this is not a flattering picture or don't respond this way. That's something that like, you have a friendship there, you have a dual relationship. So you don't want to like kind of make something uncomfortable between the two of you. But that's the beauty of working with someone professionally because they don't have that loyalty to you that like, you're going to be friends after this and you want to see each other. They're going to be honest because they're going to get you something that's going to make you successful. Very cool. Very cool. Why do you, I'm just curious, why do you enjoy doing this? Or maybe you don't enjoy it. I don't know. No, I absolutely (laughs) love this. I'm glad you asked that because I actually, before I was doing this, was working Mm -hmm. in talent management and working with filmmakers and advertising agencies and kind of creating creative partnerships so that people could produce video content. So a lot of it was around the idea of creating advertisements, but I learned a lot about people and I learned a lot about how to set up creative partnerships successfully and then managing these partnerships. And I realized a few years ago with like, as soon as I started getting like more seriously into online dating myself, that there was a missed opportunity with people creating profiles and not knowing how to use this as a tool to like sell themselves in the process. Like, create this allure into the idea of like using this as an opportunity to set up a date with someone. People were just filling out these profiles and not really thinking too much about how they could use it as something that would make their quality of life more successful or higher because they're enjoying their dating. So I just realized I had a skill set that I could translate into a different population that would be much more satisfying and rewarding to myself and helping other people find like happiness and love in their life is something that I'm really passionate about. And I've learned things through talent management that translates to online dating. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting how that, it all kind of applies there. So how did you test this out? Like, How did you know to apply it to online dating and make it all work so you could teach people how to be successful with it? So when I was working in talent management, we were creating creative partnerships online. I was working with a lot of filmmakers that were in Hollywood or in New York, and I would have to sell these people through word of mouth and ultimately was usually coming down to like creative projects that they've done previously. So I would build like five or six different projects that they would create and that, or that they've created in the past that would match what they're looking for and then write up this bio. So technically I was building these profiles for each of my filmmakers for these partnership opportunities. And I just learned how to word things in a way that was really catchy and word things in a way that would put something on someone's radar that they wouldn't necessarily consider, but then they would jump on the phone and then build this really incredible rapport. So I learned how to articulate people in pictures and words and like boil it down from the dynamic personalities that we are in person into something that's going to make you want to meet this person in person. Okay, cool. Do you have any like case studies you can tell us about like with a guy that you're working with now or have recently worked with where you've helped him with this kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. There was one person that I was working with um, recently who was just actually out of a 10-year-long marriage and uh, had never been on online dating and didn't really know what to do with creating his profile or how to use the apps or like what's the strategy and how does this work. And he's also 10 years out of dating. So his skills in person were pretty rusty, but he was a social person. So we worked together for about three and a half months. And I created a dating profile for him and kind of coached him into like how to translate what he had done historically into like what's current and what's modern. Just two months ago, he was telling me that he was in a really committed relationship with someone and that they were flying to go meet um, his partner's parents and that he was really looking forward to like how happy his quality of life has changed because he'd walked away from something toxic, put in the time and effort to work on himself 
and find like what he's really looking for in a new partnership. And then he just opened himself up to it by basically being a blank slate and wanting to learn. And here he is now like really happy. And like he keeps in touch with me now, even though like he's in this committed relationship, he's just like giving me updates on how their relationship is progressing. That's amazing. That's really cool. Really, it is. How, has he told you about, have you guys worked with attachment styles with this specific client? Not that client, but we did talk about how that could come into play. We've talked more about like kind of helping him work through his divorce and like the breakup and opening himself back up to the idea of love. Um, But I do work with attachment style with most of my clients because it comes up automatically. Like it just, if you're single, there's a part of you that has some sort of attachment style that needs to be addressed. And even if you're not even aware of it, like it's just something that needs to come up in conversation for yourself. Because I look at attachment styles, which are, basically different categories of how you respond to love. How do you respond to um, conflict? How do you respond to showing up in your partnership? What is the way you're going to show up in a relationship? There's four different types, but I think there's also what's really important to know is like, no matter what type you are, it's fluid. You can change. These things can change at any point based on like what experiences you're going through with your current partner previous partners, like your life experiences, like it, it can change at all times. It's not set in stone. But that said, you can stay in one place longer than another without knowing that you're in that place. So this is why I think the idea of having this conversation around attachment style is so valuable because bringing awareness to it is the first step. After you know, like, okay, like you learn about attachment styles, there's four different types that you can fall into. One of them being secure. That is like the ideal attachment style. If you were going to look at it as like, where would you want to be? Because that would mean that you're emotionally able to regulate yourself and without needing codependency or co-regulation from someone or someone else. A great way to think about this is with conflict resolution. So if you're a secure attachment style, conflict resolution is going to look more like understanding that like there was an issue between you and your partner But then coming back to the table and saying, like, let's talk about this, let's resolve this, and knowing that you two will work things out and having that security within yourself and within the relationship to know it's going to be okay. The other three are splinters off of secure because- I I want to interrupt real quick. Oh, real quick. So with these, so I know you said that you're in school learning this right now. Is that correct? You just talk a little bit, a little bit about that because I think it's important for the guys to know that you, you know, you didn't didn't read a book and you're spitting this out. Like you're actually like going to school for this. Oh yeah, I'm in grad school for mental health counseling because this is something that I'm super passionate about because this is like the foundation of relationships. Is it's just relating one person to another. So if you understand how you show up in that relationship, you're going to understand what response you're eliciting from your partner. So have you ever been in a situation where you're saying something to someone and then all of a sudden they react in a completely different way that you thought that that was going to go? Like there's two parts to that. Like there's one that you're like, okay, are you aware of your own situation of like how you showed up? And like two, it's like, what did you trigger in them that to create that sort of response? Like that was not the response you were looking for. This is ultimately what attachments are. Like attachment styles talk about that because when you tap into triggers, they're usually emotionally tied, which basically comes back to the way we were first creating our relationships with people, which is your primary caregiver. So this goes back, like, as I said, I'm studying this in school and this goes back to your childhood development. So like back to when you were a baby, back to when you were a child and your first relationships were with your primary caregivers, your parents, your mom and your dad. So this doesn't mean that mom and dad did anything to mess you up. This just means that what you learned when you were a child as a coping mechanism to their 
availability to you, their emotional attunement to you as a child to take care of your needs. What you learn to cope with as a child does not translate into adult relationships. And they actually can be very detrimental to adult relationships because as a child, you're looking out for your own needs individually. Where in adult relationships, you need to think in a we situationship. So you're looking at two people and you need to co- you need to problem solve for two people. And a lot of times it can look like self-soothing, which is going to take you away from your partner. But what you need to do is really come back to your partner and solve the problem together as a unit. And that will bring you together and strengthen the relationship. What's like an example of like a conversation or a fight just that you could think of off the top of your head that would show an example also of how someone works within their attachment style? Great question. I talked about the secure attachment style. And then the other three Mm -hmm. are considered the island, the wave, and then there's one called disorganized. Island and the wave are opposite of each other. The island is going to be someone who just withdraws from a relationship and a conflict issue. The wave is going to like go back and forth like it sounds, right? So when they're asking about an example of like conflict and how this arises, Someone with a secure attachment is going to be the first person that calls their partner and say like, okay, I know we just had a fight and we're not talking for a few minutes. Like, can we talk about this or like make a plan to like resolve this issue, right? The first person who makes that phone call. The island is going to be someone who walks away and just like needs time to cool off and like literally withdraws completely. While the other hand, the wave- So that's like the avoidant, right? Exactly. The wave is going to be someone who's a little bit more anxious. And they're going to sit there and say like, oh my God, yes, I'm really upset. But then their fear and anxiety for, of abandonment is going to like overcome where they're standing in their emotional like frustration. And that's going to make them sit there and have this overanalyzing thought of like, okay, we just had a big fight. Where is this going to be for our relationship? Are we going to like break up? I see, is he going to leave me? Is she going to leave me? Like, are they going to just abandon me altogether and like kind of go off the deep end of like jumping to conclusions in that sense? Because their fear of abandonment is much stronger and it's triggered by the frustration of the fight that just happened. So those two apps like respond in different okay. ways. And then the last one that I was talking about is called disorganized. And that's someone who's really experienced a lot of trauma in their life. They are having their own coping mechanisms that may be self-sabotaging. They may be really detrimental to their health or their mental health state but it's just what they've learned to take care of themselves because of all the trauma they've experienced. And trauma could be like some big experience, like a car accident or a really um, toxic relationship, but it could also just be a lot of like small things, like the idea of death by a thousand paper cuts, just like a lot of different microaggressions accumulating Mm -hmm. over time that you may not necessarily attribute, like that it has this like heaviness and this weight to you, but it's definitely shifted like what, your experiences with other people. So there's all these things that when you think about a relationship, you're not just dating the person who's standing in front of you. You're dating the person who's standing in front of you plus every experience that they've had throughout their life before this moment, because that's shaping who they are and what they're thinking and how they're processing this conversation with this person or this interaction with this person. So there's a lot more that goes into dating. And if you're thinking about this from how do you date successfully, you need to learn a lot more about people and in general. And mostly you do that by starting with yourself. You learn about your own attachment styles. You work on like your unhealed childhood wounds, and then you can move closer to that secure attachment style so that you can then model this in your future relationships with people and have this secure understanding of co-regulation within yourself for emotional regulation, but then also know that like the bond that you're building with your partner is 
deep and like long lasting. It's not something that either one of you is going to be triggering the other's emotional wounds. I'm curious, you know, someone listening wants to know if, so, and and the, the wave is the anxious attachment. Yes. Okay. What's the fourth one? Disorganized. So you've got the secure. Disorganized. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of like the idea. This is like the idea is the secure is the boat. The avoidant is the island. The wave is anxious. And then Mm -hmm. Disorganized is the traumatic background, like just someone who's like working on their own coping mechanisms, but like kind of like that idea of like crazy finds crazy, extreme crazy, but you're just like, that's because like something happened to this person that like put them in this position for them to problem solve this way and rationalize and think this way. So how would a guy who's listening right now to this episode figure out which of the attachment styles he is? That's a simple questionnaire. You can Google them. I have a questionnaire that I work with a lot of my clients on and I kind of just go through it as I'm talking with them. Email me, get in touch with me and I can give it to them. I can work with them on that. It's simply understanding like how you show up in your relationships. Do you reflect on like thinking about when you are in partnership with someone? Are you someone that like when you get into a fight, do you walk away and just like kind of ignore that person for a day, a couple hours, like kind of just like cut them off? Or are you someone that all of a sudden just like, overanalyzes everything and wonders that like, is this, is this fight the fight that's going to walk, like break up your relationship and maybe you beat them to it. So you take it to an extreme and then you threaten to walk away when that wasn't ever really on the table, because that wasn't really what this was about, but it was what your mind took it to. That would be an idea. Like that's someone who's a little bit more anxious. Yeah. I think there's a lot of different ways to reflect on your own relationships and how you show up with your partners and see like, where do you stand? Like what feels more resonant to you as like thinking about these different types? Start there. And then also like Google a quiz. There's a ton of attachment style quizzes out there that can give you pretty clear ideas of which one you are. But then don't forget that like just because you're one of them, it doesn't mean that you can't change it to something else. So like you can do the inner work to move into a secure attachment. Yeah. Like what if all of a sudden you're like, oh no, I'm disorganized. Now what do they do? Mm -hmm. I've seen myself in all of these and all I've done is just like shown up to therapy and done the inner work, just like sit there and like really attuned to like what my body and like my emotions needed as a child that I didn't get just because like I had siblings or my parents were doing something else. Like it's natural, like for a child to develop fully, they need 70% of their basic needs met like as a child to be thinking they're healthy. Like that's healthy attachment. If you have siblings, chances are you're not going to get 70% because your parents have little children and they're going to be doing a lot of different things. So you're going to have childhood wounds. So until you go back and address those, you're going to be living with things that are continuing to trigger those wounds that may not necessarily be an accurate representation of how you show up or how you want to show up in your relationship as an adult. That's when you sit there and say, like, these are my actions causing this reaction and I'm not happy with it. I need to go like do some work on myself and see how I can shift myself because we can't change other people, but we can only change how we show up. And that will elicit a different response from other people. Right. I like that. I like the way you said that there. It's like we can't we, we can only work on ourselves. And that's the most important thing. I'm curious if you don't mind sharing, if you're comfortable, what is your attachment style? My attachment style? Oh, this one's. I'm a little bit of an island and a little bit of a wave. And that is because I... Anxious avoidance. I have a lot of trauma that I'm still working through, actually. And a lot of it is relational trauma, which is like another reason why I'm so fascinated about relationships. Because I think there's no real right way or wrong way to do a relationship. But yet there are ways that like we just know that 
if we were to have more conversations around it, we might be able to learn more from each other. I made a lot of relationship mistakes in my past that like resulted in traumatic experiences for me. And that is why I see Island and Wave. Like I'm really interested in the idea. Like I kind of fall into the disorganized category a little bit sometimes because a lot of things will trigger me from my previous relationships. But that said, that was more of me last year, especially through COVID and like the isolation and all that. It just kind of like brought up a lot of my mental health issues. But now I'm like working through like with therapy and all of these other things, being in school and working on a lot of different modalities of healing myself. I've moved much more into a secure attachment style where I'll show up and be the first person to say like, listen, like we had an argument, we disagreed on this, but like, let's talk about this. Let's resolve this. And like, let's find a way past this because I'd rather be in this together than play these games about like being afraid of you losing me because I'm at the point where like, I know myself well enough to know that I know what I need in a relationship and I need to honor my needs. And if I can take care of myself, then I know that I will be able to take care of my partner. Are you dating anyone serious right now? Right now? No, I am not. I am single. Do you ever... Okay, guys, you hear that? Um, (laughs) Do you ever go on dates and ask them if they know what their attachment style is? You know, I don't because I don't really want to like psychoanalyze my dates. I try to like really keep (laughs) a strong like church and state barrier there between dating and like psychology because it's fun, but I'm also like, I don't want to treat my date as my client. Like there's a very fine line. And if I do that, I could follow. But wouldn't it be great if you knew? I think it's, it, it, it shows itself. Like I let my date unfold through their actions. I oh. think the way that you fighting is so obvious. Like if you have any arguments and like you see how they show up in the argument, like their actions tell you everything. So I don't sit there and ask and talk about it. I just let people show me who they are. And I just measure their character based on their actions. The only thing is, is I would get, I would get nervous that I would not be able to figure out what their attachment style is. And I I have to wait several dates because everyone kind of puts on their best, you know, their best appearance and their, and their best behavior. So you might not get into a fight in the first five to 10 dates. A fight is like maybe the wrong word. Maybe I should say like disagreement because I think it's just the idea of like conflict. Like you might have to arise conflict, but It sounds to me almost like you're saying like you're looking for like one attachment style to be more compatible with another attachment style. And that's semi-possible, but not necessarily like a deal breaker with compatibility in partnership. Oh, okay. This is good. So so yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. So a wave is going to be really attracted to an island because of the emotional unavailability issue that you have going on when they withdraw. So that's actually like a really compatible partnership where secure people like a boat is going to find either an island or a wave and like make that a secure relationship because the secure person is modeling secure attachment. So they can pull the island or wave partner back to a secure partnership or secure attachment and then create a secure relationship between the two of them. Islands and waves usually end up together because secure people are not single long. They're usually in a relationship pretty quickly because... They are, they know what they're Secure or not single long. Yes. This makes sense because if you think about the games people play in dating, you have an unavailable person and someone who wants that person's attention is going to chase that person even harder. Like that's a wave chasing an island. So it, like when you think about how this all comes together and then you put it into the real context of dating, secure people are going to be partnered up real quickly, but that they could, Literally date anyone because they're going to bring them to something that's healthy. 
Island Wave and Disorganized are going to be the ones that are single for a while, dating people, trying to figure this out and running into unsatisfactory dating cycles where they're like, I can't find my perfect person. I can't find my partner. This just isn't working. I want this person. When really it's them. That's when you realize that what you're expecting of your partner is really what you're asking of yourself because you haven't taken care of that need for yourself. It starts. This is where in the podcast, I would recommend that people go to therapy to discover some of these things about themselves and to work on it. I just actually interviewed my brother who is a doctor in, he's a PsyD, so a, a doctorate in psychology. And we, we didn't discuss attachment, or maybe we did. No, I don't think we did. Uh, but we discussed anxiety, depression, and things like that. And, and on that podcast, I was recommending everyone, I believe everyone should go to therapy, even if they don't think they have issues, because you never know what might come up. Absolutely. Like I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Like therapy is the best gift that you could ever give yourself. Like you are just healing and growing and moving forward in your life in ways that there's no other way you could do this without like professional help and like unlearning what has been unhelpful and like no longer serves you and finding ways that like you really step into who you are and like learn the most about yourself and discover new things. It's so rewarding. 100%. Are you in therapy right now? Oh yeah. I work with a lot of therapists. I'm in school to become a therapist. Like I'm incorporating that into and swipe right because it's this like this holistic approach towards like understanding who we are. Like you can't date successfully without going back and healing your relationship with yourself. So I work with my clients right. at all these levels to really make sure that they move the needle in their dating world. And it's not just the superficial change of changing a dating profile. It's like really this transpersonal, like larger personal like transcendence journey of transformation yeah exactly yeah so of course you're you're in therapy you're this is, <laughs> this is all about what you're doing here you this know is it yeah very good let's talk about let's talk about i'm curious so you said you're single so you're on the dating apps now so let's talk about your profile i never really talk to any women about their profiles it's always if, if i'm ever talking about online dating It's always giving the men advice. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, first of all, what your profile looks like. So you can maybe describe it to us or even read the bio. That would be really cool if you could do that, if you feel comfortable. And then after that, let's talk about what advice you give to women. I'm very curious about what that advice is. But first, let's go to your profile. So obviously, we can't see pictures, but maybe you can hold it up and show me and I can describe it. All right. You can do that. Yeah. So... I'm only on Hinge because I think Hinge is the best dating app out there. I think you get the most insight from it. You can figure out so much more about a person on that than you can on like just a swiping app. I know my company is called Answipe Right, but like Hinge gets it. They were able to take what Bumble and Tinder started and make it so much more user friendly in a way that like actually is a tool that you can get something from. Plus, it also warms up the conversation when you're meeting someone. So there's just a lot of benefits with it. Not an advertisement. I'm not sponsored by them. No, this is just me personally saying I'm a big fan of it. I tell all Neither my clients to get on it. Here's my first okay, picture. It's a little blurry. Can you see okay, it? nice. So she's got kind of like a subtle grin, very, very clear picture of what her face looks like, has like a, a what would look like a nice blouse. I don't think I've ever used the word blouse. This is my first time. <laughs> looks like a blouse or it could be a dress. Yeah, I like it. Very clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say start with a photo that you're looking at the camera so that people can see who you are so you can introduce yourself. I think that's really important. Ah, you're looking at the camera. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's cool. The next photo 
It's just a solo photo of me. Solo photo looks like the same shirt. We got a full body knee up against a brick background, semi-posed. Very cute. I like it. Actually not the same shirt, but similar. So that's okay. Okay. It's blurry. So all I'm seeing is black. That's okay. And this is the next one. Just another photo of me. Just different photos of me doing candid lifestyle things. Got it. Okay. So this is, yep. Okay, cool. Just more lifestyle photos. Lifestyle photos, sunglasses. Is that a boat? Yes, I'm in a, on a boat in Thailand. Just the last one is another picture of me. So they're all am, pictures of me by myself. Different yeah. shots. So like there's a med shot, there's a head shot, there's a full body shot. Different ways that you can piece together what I would look like if I was standing in front of you. Got it. Bravo. And I'm not just saying that. I really mean that. Bravo. That is an excellent portrayal of what you look like. And that's the whole point. It's got to be tell guys. Exactly. Right. You don't want all these pictures to look the exact same. So you don't want to be looking at the camera smiling in every single picture. You right. need one or two clear ones without sunglasses so people can see who you are. But then also you can put in other things that are good, attractive pictures of you still that like can articulate yeah. an idea of like, okay, I know who this person would be if I was talking to them. Awesome. You're probably doing well, I'm sure. I mean, with those pictures, very attractive woman. And the pictures are spot on. So I'm sure you're getting a, a lot of messages. You're, am I allowed to say where you live? Yeah. Okay, so you're in Boulder. Yeah. How is the Boulder dating scene? Colorado. For a woman. Very different. I come from Chicago, so I'm used to city dating pre-COVID yep. too. And Colorado is very different. COVID's changed dating so much, but Colorado's a different lifestyle. People are outdoorsy here. People do a lot of outdoor camping and activities and like, hiking and all these things. And I'm a city girl. Like I am city girl at heart. So I like to be in nature. So maybe you should leave. No, this is just different for me. I'm just trying something new and I'm enjoying the adventure. Like I love Boulder. It's so beautiful, but America dates differently in each city. Like it is so regional. Chicago dating is different than New York and it's different than LA. Colorado's date different from all your city dating because it's more outdoorsy based. It's creating plans to do something outside and outdoors rather than like going to a city event, like a show or like going out to dinner and all these things. Like you can do that still, but Mm -hmm. you have nature. Like why wouldn't you be out enjoying that? So there's, it's just learning where you date is really important. I think you have to just kind of also ask yourself, what's the measurement of success on a dating app? How do you measure success? Are you looking for a lot of likes? Or are you looking for fewer likes, but higher quality people that are much more in alignment with who you are? So it kind of, again, just depends on what your dating goals are. If you're looking to have a hot girl summer, like then maybe you are looking for a lot of likes. Then you are looking to just like catch a lot of fish. What's your goal? Right now, I'm having a hot girl summer. Summer's coming up. I feel like COVID, everyone's looking out to like go out and meet people right now. So what does that mean? What's hot girl summer mean? I'm just looking to meet people. I know. I'm lame, lame, lame millennial here. Okay. So casual relationships. Yeah. Like it's like it's summer. No one really wants to like partner up right now. I think a lot of people are just looking to like meet up with people after COVID. We lost like a year and a half of just social life and dating. And that's a lot of time for some people. And I think a lot of people are just interested in getting out there and having fun again. And um, if you find someone, I'm sure people may be like, okay, well, this is different. Like let's It's always that case by case situation, you know, like you're not necessarily looking for something serious, but if that person comes along, then okay. I think that if you or any other woman 
trying to have a hot girl summer, finds an amazing guy, you'd hold on to it. What do you think about that thought? I think that depends. Depends on what? Is it, what's this guy doing in his summer? Is how, he doing a how hot would you, guy How would you summer? know? You got to know dating. Hot girl summer means everyone's going to have a rotational dating system. Multiple people they'll be dating because they're single. So you're not exclusively dating one person. I want to I want to go to a different topic real quick. You, you got me thinking about this. I don't think men believe or understand that women have a rotation of men. I think it's the same way guys have a couple different girls that they'll reach out to. So women have that too. Absolutely. Yes. This is what I try to explain to them is that Absolutely. You know, they, they feel really bad. They're like, oh man, I'm dating multiple women. Like, what should I do? Like, if she asks me if I'm dating other women, like, like, why are you assuming? I mean, I understand why they assume this, but why, I said this, like, why are you assuming that only you're dating multiple people? Like women are dating multiple men for Absolutely. sure. And like, that's been ushered in specifically through online dating. Because online dating is nothing more than connecting people to see if you want to spend more time with this person. Like it doesn't, it's just a a connection tool. And that just means that you're going to be meeting more people to see if you have a connection with them rather than if you only had meeting people in person. So in essence, the numbers have just gone up and higher. So of course people are going to be dating more people. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, so rewind a little bit. So we were talking about, yeah. So if a well, okay, let's say the guy wasn't having a hot guy summer or whatever. And you really like this guy. Do you, do you have like a set of non-negotiables or deal breakers that you're looking for? Like in a partner? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, what, what, what would, would you think I would meant? Well, what other I'm, option, what other option is there? No, I'm just more up with the guy? because I was going to say, I don't really look at it that way. I don't really okay. think about things like that. I, I really have changed my perception of what I'm looking for with dating. And I really date day by day now. So it's like, I'm enjoying my company with you. Like that's where I am today. I'm really just present with like where we are. I'm not future planning. I'm not looking for specific qualities in people. To me, I, as I said, I let people show me who they are. So like your actions are going to show mm-hmm. me like if I'm more interested in getting to know you and want to spend more time with you or are our conversations engaging and stimulating? Do I want to like, talk to you some more? Do I want to like share my life with you? And that can only be told for me through like spending time with someone rather than saying, okay, you have this quality. You have this quality. You are like projected to be this successful, blah, blah, blah. Like I don't like buy into that anymore. I don't think that that's true compatibility. Mm -hmm. So you don't have like a set of deal breakers or anything like that? No, because for me, it's more like I know like what I'm looking for. And it's not necessarily like I wouldn't Quantify it as something that's like a quality. Got it. But you said you know what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. I I know what I'm looking for in my partnership. You'll know when you see it. Well, kind of. Like for me, partnership is like, so it's supportive. It's emotional growth. It's emotional attunement. It's understanding like who your partner is and like supporting, supporting and nurturing them along the way. It's like building a we, but not at the expense of me. And like understanding these subtle differences of like how you can really co-create rather than just lead the way and have someone ride along in the car with you. I like that. Well, that was a, I think you said that earlier too. Creating a we without the expense of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the word compromise in itself, I think sounds like there's a sacrifice someone somewhere there. But like take that word out and rebrand it into something that you're co-creating now. And that's all of a sudden that's got like a much more positive spin to it. Like you're creating this world together because you're both going to share in it and you're going to have a lot more positive energy towards that than the idea of compromise, which makes you feel like you're losing. So do you want children one day? You're looking for a family? Yeah. 
I think I, I do want kids. You think or you do? I do. I'm not there right now, but I do. But one day. I like to ask women that because I'm always curious. I'm always curious if there's anyone, any women out there who are pretty adamant against having kids. It's a very rare find. Do you know a lot of women out there who don't want children? And I don't mean who don't want children now. I mean like ever in the history or the future of their life. No, actually I don't. I, th- I All my friends and everyone, all my clients I talk to, everyone is like open to the idea of having a family. Primal, you know, mm-hmm. very interesting. Well, this has been a really fun conversation. I know we got a little personal, but it's always fun to, you know, get to know the interviewee. No, and, it's great. Uh, That's how I work. I mean, yeah. you're going to trust me with your relationship life. Like I give you just as much vulnerability back and... It's Look at that. You show me your entire hinge profile <laughs> with without even uh without any any pause. You're just like, yep, let's go. Let's do it. I'm in and the single was- dating market too. So I get it. Like I know it, I know what it's like. I know the pitfalls, I know it's upsides. When it works, it's fun. Do you think it's harder now than it was like 20, 25 years ago? Or do you think it's all relative? It's a great question. I would say wait, this is actually like a much deeper conversation. I think it's relative. With the caveat that I think dating now, single people have a lot more mental health issues that we're dealing with than we were before because we have like all these pressures and expectations of what success looks like and measurements of where we should be and timelines of what we should be doing based on previous generations. So it's not just because our parents got married and had kids at the age of 25 and then bought a house at 27 doesn't mean that you're a failure if you're single at 30. Like, you know, like those kind of things. And like that brings in anxiety, that brings in pressure. Yes. So many more mental health things that we're having to deal with now that I think unfortunately yep. comes out in dating relationships because it's this social anxiety. It's this idea of like, I'm not good enough or I'm not like, there's just a lot more things that go into dating now on a mental health yeah. level than they have in the past. Although dating is dating, it's still just the idea of going up and talking to a stranger and charming someone. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I I think it's all relative. I think that there were challenges before. There are challenges now. There were upsides before. There are upsides now. To me, I think it's about equal. Just from having answering the question quickly, I'd have to think about it a little bit more, but because I haven't really thought about it too much. But I do think that there's always always something that's going to, as we grow and as technology grows and as the generations want different things, that it's going to change it for the positive and the negative, so to speak. So um, Absolutely. Yeah, just, an, just an interesting thought. Anyway, Chloe, so great to talk to you today. Thanks for being very candid and vulnerable with us and also sharing your expertise on attachment styles and, of course, Hot Girl Summer, which, <laughs> uh, which I really appreciate. I hear it all the time, but I don't understand what it really meant. Yeah. Now I know. Yes. So, there we go. And that's what I learned today. Enjoy so, your hot guy summer. And Hot Guy Summer, too. <laughs> if, uh, if anyone wants to find you, where can they find you if they want to work with you? My website with you? is Answiperite and answiperite.com. Or you can find me on Instagram at Answiperite. Or my personal handle is Mill. Okay. I just want to warn you. I didn't want to say it. I was going to let you uh, give your Instagram handle. But you are now going to get a lot of DMs from single gentlemen. So mm-hmm. if you're going to welcome that, well, whether you welcome it or Try not, me. it's, it's going to happen. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Check it out. I'll, Chloe, will put all that information in the show notes. And guys, you can check all that out. Chloe, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great chatting.